Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Why, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. This is your girl, Kim, and if you're new to the show... Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Tuesday, March 23rd. I hope you guys are all feeling good. I'm feeling okay. It was a pretty standard weekend, but I do have to say it was pretty nice and happy, happy motherfucking spring. Isn't it nice that it's springtime? I do feel very nice that it's springtime. <laughs> So, Yins, guys, a lot to talk about. I'm totally excited for, first of all, obviously for this episode, but I'm also very excited for next week's episode because I'm having another one of my gal pals from the grade school, honey. My Bia, Jody is going to be back on the show. She was, I, honestly, she was my first guest before my mom, of course, her and Heather, and it was super fun, and I'm so excited to have her back next Tuesday. We will be talking Jersey Shore. It, and it's going to be epic. So before we get into Jersey, we're going to do some what the Bravo because there's a bunch of shit going on and I need to talk to you guys about it. So what the Bravo people. So big, big news. I would say the biggest out of all of them with the <laughs> my what the Bravo topics. Tinsley and Scott. Oh, my God. The chapter is yet again closed. I honestly hope for Tinsley's sake it's closed for good. Because Tinsley, get over Scott. The dude is not it. He's not it for you. I'm so upset and bummed out. And I read it. This happened last week. But I do remember. Oh, and this was crazy. Leah put something on her Instagram. It was like a meme or something like that. And it was of... Big and Charlotte, right, from Sex in the City, we all know. Uh, yes, love. Now, Leah put that on her Instagram, and it was the scene in the movie where Charlotte says to Big, I curse the day that you were born, right, when she's all super pregnant and shit. So Leah puts that on her Instagram, and then she says, mood, and then she says, hashtag men are trash. Guys, she had to go to her Insta. She had to like take down the hashtag men are trash because it was like hate. Okay. So it was like a hate hashtag. But seriously, let's calm down, people. It's men are like men are trash sometimes. Okay. And maybe Scott was kind of trashy that he did it the way that he did because he kind of went to the freaking public about it and basically said some shit. I can't remember what he said. However, the stuff that I do have, a source told E! News that Scott tricked Tinsley to leaving New York City and her career behind because he promised her a new life. Doesn't seem like she got it because they broke up. Just saying. So Scott also told someone else that they've been living separately for the last few months. She's been back and forth to Palm Beach visiting her lovely mother, Dale. Are you guys shocked? Like, let me know. Are you guys shocked that they broke up? And do you think this is the final straw and they will not come back together? I almost feel like this is a rather adult Austin and Madison relationship, but I don't think they'll get back together. Do I think Austin and Madison will? 
kind of. If they don't get back together, they'll definitely bang multiple more times just because I feel like they will. So yes, number one, Tinsley and Scott broke up. I'm so sorry, Scott, you kind of suck. I'll probably see you around Chicago and I don't even know it, but whatever. I don't like you because you broke our girl Tinsley's heart. And that's not cool, man. Number two, Lala Kent, baby. She welcomed her baby girl last week. I think it was the 19th of March. It was a beautiful baby girl, Ocean Kent Emmett. Okay, I just want to talk to you guys about baby names. I'm not being judgmental here, but I just want to know where all of these celebrities, Bravo celebrities, like where do they come up with these names? Okay, Ocean for a name. I'm confused by that. I don't personally love it. I feel like maybe a Lily would be better or, you know, even a Charlotte, right? But Ocean, I mean, let's go back to like the Kim Kardashians, right? I mean, her kids, I don't even know all of their names. However, I know that one's Northwest. Another one is Saint. Like, I'm sorry, those aren't people names. They're not names. I'm sorry. Like, come after me. I don't care. And like, I can never forget the one celebrity that made the weird ass names for babies. She will go down in history. Gwyneth Paltrow. Why the fuck would you name your child Apple? All of you guys are literally setting your children's lives up to be bullied. That's just what I'm saying. I hope, I hope that I'm completely wrong, but I'm sorry. Ocean is not, I don't like that name. So I'll stop my rant on that because I don't want this to be a hate thing. I mean, shit, people got to calm down. You know what I'm saying? God damn. Anyways, everything I'm saying here is in light, people. But I do have to say, I really don't like the name Ocean, but whatever. So now we go to Hannah Burner from Summer House. She is revealing, I guess she revealed it to the Daily Dish or the chat room or something, uh, her bridesmaids. Who are they? Well, guess what, guys? Hannah doesn't want any bridesmaids. That's what she said. I'll quote, I don't think I'm going to do bridesmaids because it stresses me out and everyone really hates it. It's really just like making your friends work for you. So I'm going to just invite people to have fun for the wedding. So she's not having bridesmaids, whatever. She'll save money on that. Cool, cool, cool. I wonder if they'll put it on Summer House. I'm still trying to figure out. I don't think they put Amanda and Kyle's wedding on there. Maybe. I don't know. We'll wait and see. There's a lot of shit happening in Summer House right now. But also, can we just agree to not disagree? Because I feel like everyone's going to agree. Does not her fiance look like an older version of Kyle Cook? Like, I can't even tell you. They have to be brothers from another mother. They literally look the same. With that, in my mind, I'm like, is this why Hannah is so up Kyle's asshole in like a bad way and she's like super haterade on him? I don't know. Do you think she could secretly be jealous that she's not with Kyle? I don't know. Probably not. But I do find it kind of silly and odd and funny that they do look exactly alike. Except I think this guy, Dez, is about five or six years older than Kyle. But Kyle, you're not that far behind. So I'm just saying. Now for our Jersey housewives, Teresa, honey, she dismissed. She said, bye, bitch, to our realtor, Michelle, which we just saw her in the last few episodes, right? We'll talk about that in this, um, in the main event, duh. So Teresa said, bye, Michelle. You couldn't get me a buyer. Fuck that. I put it up for 2.5 mil. You couldn't find someone. And then we had to cut the price. We had to bring it down 
250k from 2.5 million. You made me cut it down. I don't know if I like that, Michelle. I'm going to scoot you out. I want someone else. So that's big news to me just because we've been seeing Michelle in these episodes. So Teresa kicked her out, doesn't want her selling her house. She found someone else because I guess Michelle, you couldn't follow through. And I guess your husband couldn't either because he doesn't know how to make a deal with Joe Gorga. Am I shading much? Maybe. Do I care? No. Moving on. Last thing, what the bravo, Monique Samuels, honeys, okay? She's explaining the real reason why she left the Real Housewives of Potomac. She says that she didn't really want to fight with the ladies anymore, and she felt like she was not only fighting with them, but she was also fighting with the Bravo Network and the production. So I'm going to read a quote of what she said. She says, when you get to that point where there's no respect from anybody and you feel like you're fighting everybody, the women, I mean, I can fight them all day long, but when you're fighting the people who are controlling the narrative and the network that is producing and showing the show, that is when I knew that my time is up here. Like, I'm done. Why would I want to go back to that? Found that pretty interesting. Not only that, oh, this was so good. Jamal, apparently, word on the street, or at least word on the Monique Samuel street, she says that Jamal threatened her and Chris because he was like, I'm going to sue your ass for defamation of my name and shit. Like, holy shit, Jamal. That is like crazy, first of all, that you would even threaten her because we all know that you are a dirty ass dog. You're a dirty dog. We already know. Giselle already put your laundry out there in season one or two, was it? Like, you fucking cheated on her. You're a dog, dude. It's not Monique's fault. It's your fault. Look in the mirror. Go to church. Okay? Just saying. I thought that was funny. But he technically couldn't really sue her because he didn't have enough evidence to prove that the claims were false because Monique said, I haven't heard from him, haven't heard from Giselle or an attorney. So obviously it's not in the light. The other thing that kind of shocked me that Monique said, oh, and it has to be about my green eyed bandit. One of them, uh, not Giselle, Robin. (sighs) She said that Robin would have been fired this season from the show if Juan didn't agree to propose to her. I'm sitting there and I'm reading this and I'm like, no way. Oh my God. I almost like pooped my pants. I was like, no, this can't be true. Saw this on Reality Blurb, by the way. Reality Blurb website with all this dish. Just saying. So Monique was basically thinking that the whole proposal for Robin was set up for the camera and she was basically doing that so she could keep her seat as a cast member. What do Yin's guys think? Do you think Robin made this shit up? Are they really going to get married? Are they still engaged? Let me know your thoughts. But now we're going to go to the main enchilada. First of all, I love enchiladas. They're fucking great. And I also love whenever you get them, you usually get like three or four. I personally like the steak, like cut steak shit, but I also like the chicken and oh my God, the bean and cheese. Love it. Okay. Enough about food. I'm clearly hungry. Yeah, but we're going to go to the main event. So the main event, we are here, baby. A lot of celebrations in this one. It was kind of nice. One was a full celebration and it had a purpose while the other one did not. So Joe Gorga, baby, he turned 46 years old. Happy belated, baby. Okay, we know that you're hot. You can tap anything. We hear it all the fucking time. We get it. Okay, you still look good. Yes, claps. Congrats to ya. 
Anyways, happy 46. I hope it was fucking great. Melissa and Joe, they're at their shore house for his birthday. Melissa and Joe are then reflecting on (laughs) the party that Jackie threw for Evan a second time. It was the second go around for his birthday. They were reflecting on that. Basically, Melissa is saying, I think Teresa didn't really make up this rumor. I do think that she heard it somewhere. However, the way that she went about it at the party, of course, the first time because she wasn't there the second. (laughs) Melissa was like, that was wrong. And honestly, Joe, I think if anyone can get through to her with that, it would be you. So then again, here we come. Joe Gorga trying to save the day again with his sister because she creates so many different problems. And I'd say for half the time, she doesn't even know that she did it. So Melissa wants Joe to approach Teresa and let her know that she went too far with the analogy and that she should just like back up, essentially. Moving from there, we go to Jennifer's house. Her sister's coming over. She's preparing a nice meal on the on the grill, like meat and shit. Let me tell you this, okay? I remember Jackie did some article about kids being spoiled, and Jennifer got all her panties all up in a bunch and shit. I'm sorry, if you would have seen that like minute scene there with her kids with the food, get me a salad. I don't like meat. I want to go swimming. I'm not going to have like, holy fuck. Maybe your kids are spoiled. Seriously, Jackie wasn't far off. Okay. She was actually dead on. And this is coming from a spoiled person myself. I'm spoiled, but I'm never, I don't think I ever looked at my parents and said, get me a salad. Like what the fuck? Manners. Hello. Let's, let's get the shit together, Jennifer. I know that you can do it. If you can drink the tequila the way that you do at that party at Teresa's, honey, I know that you can do that. I'm rooting for you. Yeah, so that kind of annoyed me, but I do think that her kids are super cute, just not when they act like brats. So there's that. Jennifer's sister is talking to her on how she basically wants to go to Turkey. And she's like, I don't know, should I bring dad? And then Jennifer's like, well, if you bring dad, then mom's going to be like, why aren't you taking me? You're taking his side and all this shit. So this stuff is still going on with her mom and dad as far as like whose side are you on? Which really, if you think about it, it's just from her mother's way of thinking I really don't think Jennifer or her siblings are really picking any sides, but are they? I don't know. Sometimes I get a little confused, right? Last season, she was very close with her mom. We saw her a lot on the episodes. This season, it's mostly her dad. She asked her dad to move in with her. I don't know. I kind of feel like Jennifer is a little bit of a flip-flopper with her parents, so... Because she hasn't really done much with her mom, the way that production is making it look like is she's kind of more on her dad's side than her mom's. I don't know. I think it just might be for the show. I don't think she's really like that in real life because I do see family is super important to her. So I really don't think that she has a particular side. I just think with the way that the show is being shot, it makes the viewer, aka myself and all Yin's guys, it makes us vision that she is siding with her father more than she is with her mom. But then again, that's my own opinion. I could be wrong. Jennifer's sister says it would be a really good thing for her dad to go see the baby, John Bryan. Obviously, John, it's named after Jennifer's dad, right? Because her brother had a baby or his wife had a baby. So both of the girls think it's important that their dad goes and sees his little grandson. Totally cute. I support that too. So after the family hang at Jennifer's house, we end up at Dolores's house. She's sitting there with a bunch of food at her plate. Then there's a second plate. Is it for Frank or is it for David? 
Of course, it's for David. And you know why it's still sitting there? Because she's waiting for his ass to get there. I'm sorry. I still don't like David. I think he's terrible for her. I think he's a narcissistic doctor, and I don't like that. I mean, great. I love that you're a doctor, and you're saving lives, and you're doing all this great shit. But, like, bro, calm down. Like, get your head out of the clouds. Come back to cloud normal. And you're not all that. There's many other doctors, okay? You, there ain't nothing more special about you. That's all I'm saying. He just really makes me mad, and Dolores deserves so much better. So Frankie calls Dolores, of course, when she's waiting for David. And she's like, you know what, Frank? I'm about to talk to him about the relationship. And then Frankie's like, oh, shit, I hope he doesn't leave. Like, holy shit, oh, my God, oh, my God. So then David shows up. He's in biker gear because apparently he has a motorcycle. Uh, no, not not your thing, David. I, I probably would have picked you for a Prius or something, not a motorcycle, but you do you. Their conversation I thought was interesting because David was basically saying, you know, I built you this house that we're in, but you're redoing shit at your house. And I'm a little confused by that. And then Dolores shoots back and she's like, well, you know what? You never gave me a commitment and I didn't get a ring. So you kind of pushed me away. You know what, David? You reap what you sow. That's really for anyone. I think you do really reap what you sow. And I always come back to Drake's line from a song. I can't fucking remember the song's name, but it is what it is. You get what you give. Mm -hmm. I completely believe that. So David is getting what he gave or did not really give. And then when they were talking about spending time, David throws out, well, I can't help if someone goes into labor and all this kind of shit. I can't help that stuff. Look, she's not getting on you about that, David. You're basically right now, you're trying to use the I'm a doctor as an excuse for being a douchebag. Like, don't be a douchebag. Be better than the gap. We all know that I love to say that. But David, he's gap right now. He's gap. I hope he can get out of it. But I'm not gonna lie. I just got a sports bra from the gap and it fucking fits great. And I still like the gap. So then we go back to Joe's 46th birthday hang in Tom's River, New Jersey. Melissa is there with her sisters and her sister's husbands to do this big celebration. Of course, Teresa arrives late, but when she does show up, she's not in a little black dress. No, honey, she's better than that. She shows up in a little silver dress. She's trying. She's hunting tonight, baby. She is hunting Now, with that, we also learned that pineapples and peaches are kind of a thing. And I'm not talking about in your wine, in your sangria, and all this shit, okay? Apparently, Teresa has done some research, okay, that peaches and pineapples make you taste really, really sweet. Mmm. Could you believe that? I guess. I mean... Pineapples, I think, are really good. Way uber sweet. Peaches, I love me some peaches. Peaches and cream, hello, 112. That song was the bomb back in the early 2000s. Let's resurrect that, shall we? And if that is the case, that pineapples and peaches make you taste sweeter, I'm more of a strawberries type of girl. So do we have any research on strawberries? Because this bitch would like to know. Okay, so let me know. Melissa is then saying to everyone at the table that she's about to bring up the birds and the bees conversation with Antonia. Seriously, honey, Melissa, I know that you're, I know that I'm green with envy, okay, apparently. That's what you say with your tagline. You're green with envy. That's me, I guess. But honey, your 15-year-old daughter, 
If she hasn't had sex already, she knows all about it, okay? It's called, there's Pornhub on the fucking computer, Google. I mean, God damn it, her friends are probably doing it, I would assume. I don't know, though. But I'm just saying, a 15-year-old, the girl knows about sex. Unless she's already, you get what I'm saying. So we can move on from that. Teresa brings up that she's having a pool party and she wants to invite everyone except for Jackie. And then Joe's like, no, maybe you should invite Jackie because Teresa, stop being like a five-year-old. You're being fucking crazy. You should tell Jackie that you're sorry because you kind of started shit. And I know that she's sorry because she came up to me at Evan's second birthday party and she apologized like, holy fuck, I'm so sorry for the analogy. Like it was a complete analogy. And I just wanted her to understand where I was coming from. Obviously, that wasn't the best thing to think of. I just want to move forward. Melissa's like, yes, that's a great idea. So Teresa's about to text the girls to include Jackie. And then she's like, Melissa, do my text. I can't do this. I'm sorry. The group text thing with Jackie on it was a dumb decision. And the girls even talk about that later at the party. Like that was a completely dumb decision. Why the fuck did you do that? Send her ass her own personalized text because we know that you won't call the bitch. I wouldn't. If I was Teresa and I was doing all this shit, I would not be sending a group text, including the girl I was basically duking it out with. I would be sending her ass a singular text just for her because I wouldn't be calling her ass. Hell no, because I definitely know that she wouldn't pick up, right? So you got to throw the single text, okay? The solo text. So again, Teresa, you fucked up again. Shocker. Now, when they were basically finishing up dinner, I guess you could say, or in the middle of dinner, the realtor, Michelle Gal, was brought up in conversation. Kind of triggers Joe, which understandably so. I would feel that way too if someone's trying to say, you owe me tens of thousands of dollars. I would be like, go fuck yourself. No, I don't. I don't even have tens of thousand dollars in my bank account, okay? Like this bitch was so ready for my stimulus check. Hello, thank you, 1400, okay? Give me another. So he gets all pissed off about it a little bit. Not in like, I'm gonna kill you way, but like, hey, what the hell? Melissa says, maybe you should invite your crazy ass friends separately and don't include her in the group text. Okay, Teresa. So then after that, we go to Margaret's house. Margaret, she has her iced coffee, which by the way, if you guys want to see a killer version of putting an iced coffee together with a wine glass, beautiful ingredients, go over to my buddy's YouTube channel, The Real Kyle Steven. Okay, honey, he just posted this amazing Margaret inspired video about the iced coffee. You got to check it out. He is a dear. Shout out to you. You know that I love you. Yes. Yes. So we're at her house. She's using the coconut milk because it's no half and half. Okay. She needs to cut the half and half. Margaret's ghostwriter comes over to talk about her book. And honestly, guys, oh my God. As I said to you the last time, whenever David was on, I think I was on season five, but now my mom and I are on season six of classic Roni, okay, with Heather and Kristen and Aviva and Carol. Like, oh my God. When I was thinking ghostwriter, when I saw Margaret, I was just like, I wonder if this ghostwriter worked with Aviva. 
Darling, oh my god, I can't believe Aviva had the fucking nerve to go up to my girl Carol, which by the way, I'm reading her fucking book called What Remains, and it is beautiful. That bitch did not use a ghostwriter, and Aviva Drescher, I would never, ever read your book. Why? Because I can't get over, oh my god, I can't, guys, I can't get over how gross and disgusting her dad is. Please. I'm not the only one like I was so grossed out like he's just like a slithery and like slimy disgusting old man I felt so uncomfortable originally I liked Aviva but now she's the bitch is too much for me right now and I she definitely lied about Carol Carol didn't have a ghostwriter Aviva you had a ghostwriter and maybe it was the woman that's working with Marge so I'm just saying was her book good? Was it four or five stars? I don't know. Carol got, I think Carol got four and a half stars out of five. That's what it said on Amazon. So there's that. That was my shout out to Roni. Shout out to Carol Radzewell. So Marge is telling her ghostwriter when she was growing up, she was so surrounded by like the vanity of her mother. Like her mom thought the, the looks and the vanity of how you look was so important right? So at a young age, she was exposed uh, about having her self-worth be being attractive to men, right? So she saw that from her mom, which I think kind of shaped her with how she handled certain situations in her career at a young age. And she wants to talk about that. And I think that's a really good idea because I know that she's probably not the only one and she will not be the last one. So I think that's a really good thing to have young women and just women and really just anyone in general to read that and just see how things have been handled and dealt with in the workplace and then hopefully become better and move forward with that. So she also is talking about her first marriage to Jan and I guess she confessed that they never really saw eye to eye but she was with him since she was 24 years old and you know 24 years old that's kind of young to be married and all that kind of stuff so I mean I've never been married and I'm 34 so that's 10 years later like shit but I have imagined myself being married at 24. No but some people can do it and they do it fucking well. She later then expresses that she didn't really feel like she came into her own until she was in her 40s. And then right around that time is when she met her now husband, Joe. And she kind of broke into tears almost. And I mean, she was definitely tearing up. And she said, you know, Joe is my first healthy adult relationship that I've ever had. I loved this moment for Margaret. It made her seem so raw. I appreciated the vulnerability that she gave us as viewers, but I think that also allowed her to almost be at peace with her past experiences and just being really acceptable of herself. And I just thought it was a really beautiful moment. And I just fucking love Marge. Like, honey, you have that iced coffee, okay? Check out Real Kyle Stevens' YouTube, okay? He's fabulous. So just before the pool party, Teresa and Joe, her ex-husband Joe Giudice, yes, Giudice, okay, she calls him up. They're talking about finalizing the divorce papers. You know what? I am kind of surprised that it has been this easy for Teresa as far as the divorce is concerned. I think you, myself, and even all of Teresa's castmates' brother, probably thought it was going to be a lot harder. We thought that Joe would really try to dig for her money because he basically lost all of his, but he didn't. That kind of makes me, nope, I still don't like you, Joe Giudice. Nope, still don't like you. You're not a good person. But it was an interesting uh, 
I was flabbergasted at that little scene with the two of them, so to speak. So before Jennifer leaves for the party, she's calling up her hubby Bill, who's still at the hospital. He's got to take care of some shit. You know why? Because he's a doctor, but he's not going to be making excuses and shit the way that David does because he's not an asshole. So she says, you know what, Bill? I'm going to this party and I just want to let loose. Everything is going on with my family. It's crazy. My mom and my dad. I just want to have fun. I basically want to be like Tequila Katie, but like 10 years older you know, so, and much more mature. So she was ready to go. And then fast forward. Those were waves. Did, did I, did I make you guys think that those were waves? Did I do a good job? I probably sucked. It's okay. So we're at Teresa's pool party. Woo! I do have to say that charcuterie, but not charcuterie. It was just basically a bunch of fruit, pineapples included. The bitch had to go get the pineapples. You know that. The spread looked amazing. I wish I was invited. Don't have a bikini right now because I have to go shopping. It's back in my Chicago place. Yes, I'm still in Pittsburgh. Oh, my goodness. That's okay, though. So Josie's Teresa coming out in her thong bathing suit. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You women seem to get crazier as you get older. And then she's like, oh, my God, this is my bathing suit. Yay. She's bringing out that pineapple, bitches. We see her. And then, oh my God, Joe, (laughs) Joe and Frank are sitting at a table and whenever Joe sees Teresa bringing out that pineapple, you see them talking to each other and he's like, you know, Frank, Teresa's telling me that basically are what you eat, you know, like if you have a pineapple, you're supposed to like taste better. And then just the seriousness of that conversation between these two big juice head dudes fucking loved it scene of the week for me they're just the fucking greatest those two are like you know my Thelma to Louise it's just like it's the Tom to my Tom you know it's the it's the it's the Sharif to my Jen Shaw I think you guys get my point I just fucking love them So as everyone is there at the party, Dolores gets all the girls around and says, you know what, I'm getting an award for the Ambassador of Hope, or Ambassador for Hope, I think it was, for, I think it was for for a breast cancer organization, she's getting an Ambassador for Hope award, and she wants the girls to come, and she tells them the date, and she wants to invite Jackie, and then the date's being spat out by Dolores. That sounded really negative, didn't mean to say it like that. Dolores tells them the date. And Teresa's like, ah, I can't do it. I think Adriana or something has a dance thing. I have no idea, but she can't come. And then she's like, oh, damn. I'm so sad that I won't be able to see Jackie. Just kidding. So Michelle then shows up. Realtor Michelle shows up with the husband. All the men are looking at him like a pack of wolves. I thought that was great. Um, Immediately, you see Joe approach him. He's like, I'm not fucking around. I just want to get this over with. And uh, approaches him about the money thing. And this guy, his name is John. He looks at Joe and he's like, yeah, man, we had a deal for the event. And uh, Joe was like, "Okay," but it said grow with Gorga. It wasn't grow with Gorga and you like this was my event. okay? and he's like, what I thought with you, you were just trying to ride my coattails. And apparently there was a misunderstanding in this because I was telling you if this event went well, the Grow with Gorga, then future events going forward, you would be getting paid for those. So clearly 
there was miscommunication and misunderstanding with what the deal was. But you know what? They're dudes. They got over it and they're like, let's get a drink. Yeah, let's get fucked up. Okay, turtle time in the Jersey Shore. So that was neat. I wish I could do that. I can't. I need to be better. When they did settle it, John was like, hey, you got to let my my wife sell Teresa's house, though. And he's like, yeah, I'm cool. Do your thing. Melissa then approaches Michelle about this whole thing. And she's like, what the fuck? You didn't even say this shit to me. Like, what the hell? What the hell? Then they look over. It seems like the guy settled it. And then they're like, oh, my God, we're good. Let's go get drunk. Woohoo!" So that was an easy situation that was handled. Props up to you, Joe Gorka. Maybe that's what 46 does to you. You don't sweat the small stuff. Know what I mean? Then, oh my God, the moment has come. The pool boy, baby. He shows up. He looks divine, I have to say. He's a good looking man. So he shows up and Joe's like, I'm watching you. I'm watching you with my sister. My dad's probably rolling around in his grave. I'm watching you. In the confessional, you see Joe talking about the pool guy. I forget his name. I think it's Tony. (laughs) And he's like, I don't want him near my sister. He's a dirty, dirty dog. He's basically being all dad on Teresa, which is kind of cute. I'm kind of obsessed with that, and I love it. I really do think Joe is 100% a family man, and that's sexy to a lot of people. Sexy to me. Yeah. So then at the end of the episode, Jennifer is holy hella drinking her tequila life away. Marge is very concerned at this point that Jennifer is making an ass of herself, which she kind of is. But you know what? We all do that shit. I mean, I've done it more than once. Probably I'll do it some more eventually. Moderation, of course. Marge goes over to Jennifer. She's like, what are you doing? We're leaving. We have to go. So then we see good old Jennifer falling where her face plants in the concrete. And then Bill had to carry her to his really expensive Lambo. I think it was a Lamborghini. And then you see Frank, Joe, and Joe assisting them to the car, which took me back to the Jersey Shore last season when the men had to carry Bill Aiden from being drunker than drunk. But it was a beautiful sight. So they are both what it seems to be lightweights. No wonder why they're so perfect for one another. And that, my dear friends, was the main event. We shall now go on to the Dueling Divas, which we all know who they are. So no shocker, Jackie and Teresa still, yeah, the Coke analogy was brought up. More than a few times this episode at the birthday hang for Joe Gorka. But it is kind of funny because we do see a little snippet with Melissa and Jackie. Whenever Jackie told Melissa after she got the invite to the pool party from Teresa that Teresa can take that invite and stick it up her ass. Actually, she said shove it up her ass and not stick it, but it's kind of like the same thing. So the other dueling diva, (laughs) it's not a diva. It's John and Joe with the business you owe me money shit. I just wanted to include it in there because it was another it was another little duel, but it wasn't that serious. Because we know basically for the rest of the season the dueling divas are gonna be Jackie and Teresa. So I just wanted to spice it up a little bit, you know? So with that, now we're gonna go to the weekly shade. A couple small little things, but let's get to it. So, weekly shade. Oh, this was so cute. I love this. <laughs> I'm telling you, the men of Jersey need their own spinoff show. That would boost Bravo watchers, I swear to you, a fucking lot. Because they're just so fucking hilarious. They're so entertaining. So, Shade, 
the men making fun of Margaret's husband, Joe, his olives shirt. Which, by the way, that scene when Margaret was, <laughs> when she's like, wear the olive shirt. Like, the pimentos bring out the olives. The pimentos bring out the olives. That was the cutest thing I've ever seen. I love the men together. They're fabulous. They love a good olive shirt to make fun of about Joe. Keep doing the thing. You'll live in the olive dream. And I love it. The other one, the other shade, it's not nice shade, but honey, it is shade. It's not like Kenya Moore shade, but a shade, you know? So Melissa tells Teresa that, yeah, I talked to Jackie about that invite that you sent her to your party, and Jackie said to shove it up your ass. So then Teresa goes on the defense. What does she say? She basically says that Jackie should take it up the ass because maybe if she did, maybe Evan wouldn't be cheating on her. <gasps> like, damn, Teresa. You definitely had the haterade then. That was so not nice. But it was kind of funny. <laughs> but but it wasn't nice. Let's go to the quote of the week, Yins, guys. So the first quote I got for Yins is from Teresa. Basically her talking about how she loves her fruits. You know what I mean? Peaches, mangoes, berries, all that kind of shit. Which is just telling us, the viewers, and basically anyone who hears about it, that Teresa is a little bit lonely and a lot a bit horny. You know what I mean? This is what she says. She says, I want to get my peach kissed at the dinner. Poor Joey, her brother, his 46th birthday. Why'd you have to say that at his birthday? That wasn't nice, but it was funny. Another quote I have comes from the one and only Joe Gorga talking about his little, little girl, 15-year-old Antonia. Is she little? Mm. He says, you have sex before a certain age. It's over. You're dead. And then you just look, <laughs> this is on his confessional, and you just look at his face and his eye, like he's looking down because he's like pondering what he just said. And he's basically imagining like, oh my God, my daughter's probably going to have sex soon and I don't even know how to live with my life. Like, holy shit. That was a priceless moment by Joe Gorga and his face. Keep bringing the shit, Joe. You're winning an Oscar in my book. Last quote that I have, of course, again, comes from Joe Gorga because he's the shit talking about Teresa and just where she is in her life. He says, what is happening to this girl? She's eating pineapple. She's wearing thongs. Thought that was cute coming from a brother. I think if my brother ever said that about me, I think I'd die. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> so my quote of the week out of these three, hmm, I would have to say the last one. I, I enjoy the last one. What's happening to this girl? She's eating pineapple. She's wearing thongs. That had a lot of pep in the step, and it was lighthearted, and it was fun. So there's that. So I would say this past week's episode, it was a little bit of a throwaway episode for me. There wasn't anything too interesting that happened. Nothing super dramatic, to say the least. I think it was a good one. It was just a nice little filler, which I think sometimes these shows need every now and again. It can't be super dramatic all the time because then we would know that it's not fucking real life because it's real life, right? But I enjoyed it. It was pretty cool. Summer House is pretty fucking crazy. Hannah just needs to get a grip. As I told David, 
I think she's just, she's changed. She's different from before. And I don't know if I love it. It's not really my problem. I'm just, uh, I'm just speaking from my heart, yins, guys. Below Deck Sailing Yacht, not really watching it. Doesn't look that appealing to me. Real Housewives of Atlanta, they lost me. I don't know. It's hard for... Uh, I'm pretty sure I'll get back on the train probably when the season's over. I'll, you know what's probably going to happen? I'm probably going to end up watching the reunion because their reunions are always the best shit ever. And then I'll go back and watch the rest of the season. However, I don't know. Ever since the Bolo thing, I haven't really been able to... They're not capturing me like they used to. And I honestly think it's because Phaedra's not there. <laughs> but I feel, I feel sad that I'm saying that. Dallas, still not watching. It's boring. Um, Married to Medicine, haven't really, you know what, I did watch the first episode, looked pretty good, but again, not enough to capture me right now. Honestly, the other reason is probably because I record this podcast usually on Sundays and I'm doing all of that shit, <laughs> so <laughs> that might be why too. It's just on a terrible day for me, okay? Let's rearrange your schedule. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate you guys coming back. If this is your first time listening, I appreciate you listening for the first time. I hope you come back. I really do enjoy doing this show for you guys. And I really, you know, if you like the show, let me know. Hit me up on my DM on Instagram. My name is at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. And also follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Also, if you like the show, put a review up on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're streaming this, right? Put a review. Give me five, four, three, two, whatever stars you want to pick. Give me some stars. You know what I mean? Your girl likes to see some stars, you know? So if you like the show too, spread it around. Tell your friends about it. People that you know that love Bravo, tell them about it. We got to spread that Bravo love. We got to spread a lot of love. There's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. We just need some love. And I think... A great way to start is some Bravo love. So tell your peeps, Yins guys. I appreciate Yins guys. I think you're great. I can't wait to do this again with you next Tuesday. Like I said, my gal pal Jody is going to be on with me. And we're going to be some talking some shit in a Yinza fashion. Because we were both born and raised. You know it. Have a great week. And I'll catch Yins guys next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.